Make sure you're enjoying summer with some better buddies. Welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ, and with me tonight, we have Matthew. Hello. And John. Hello. Welcome back, fellas. Uh, you guys were the host and guest two weeks ago, and you're back with me. Uh, you guys just did such a good job then, and you do such a good job every time you're on. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. You're welcome. Our- I-, I do my best. And your best is all we ask for. Our buddy, buddy, now I'm doing it. You've got me doing it now, guys. How could you? Welcome to Butter Bedcast. (laughs) The Better Buddies icebreaker for this recording is, what is a card or board game that you really enjoy? So a card or board game you particularly enjoy. I guess for two hours, right? Yeah. I have too many. I mean, okay, so there's just too many. There's there's a lot of, like, board games, a lot of card games, a lot of card and board games. It's just endless. Can I give you my top three? Sure. Okay, Monster Train. That's a card game. I'll take it. Uh, Sorcerer. If you've never played Sorcerer, it's a it's a deck building board game. So Sorcerer, you um, choose a hero uh, or a champion, and they come with uh, their own like tiny portion of a deck of cards, and then you choose where you're from, which is another uh, skill card with another little portion of a deck. And then you choose uh, your your profession or like your your class. So it's like druid or animist or um, what's the other one? Shoot, I don't even remember. But so it's you pick three different things, and that's your deck and your skills. And then um, there are three battlefields uh, that you try to. Uh, attack your opponent on. So you so there's three different fields that you play your cards on, um, and then you try uh, you try to deal damage to your opponent's cards and to the the battlefield. So if you kill the battlefield, you win that battlefield, and the object is to get two battlefields, uh, and then that's how you win. The other uh, final board and card game that I will choose is uh, oh I've, I've been having a lot of fun with uh, with uh, ticket to ride on Wednesdays with my buds we uh, we stream or I stream uh, board games with friends every Wednesday night after the podcast so nice I've heard of ticket to ride haven't played it but uh, I really like the idea of sorcery where you all the different things influence what it is you will comprise your deck. Uh, yeah, John, what do you, what do you, what would you choose for a 
couple options. So I'm just going to give you my my top one from each category. Okay. I'm a big Settlers of Catan fan. Um, yeah, that's my favorite board game. Get together with some friends to usually play it like once a month. But yeah, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> um, and then my favorite card game, and this always makes me feel very Midwestern, is Sheep's Head. Mm. I played hundreds of hours of that game. Yeah, that is... I, I, I feel like that is... I don't know if stereotypical is the right word, but it's it's very much a, oh, we're going to sit down and play some Sheep's Head. Oh, for sure, there, guy. Let's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, that's me. Sheep's Head and Cribbage. Oh, uh, yeah. Both are excellent. Euchre as well. But Euchre's just like Sheep's Head, but easier. It's like the trifecta. Well, I'm... Since we all went for multiple, I'll go for multiple as well. Uh, I'm going to second Catan as a board game, I think. Hey. It's just so fun. And personally, I am a lumberjack. I like to just get all the wood. Um, See, that's important. Yeah. I've played many a game where there's not been enough wood on the board. They're, they're rough. <laughs> yeah. And then you get, if you've got all the wood, people have to trade with you. Mm-hmm. My favorite card game, though, is one that is just... Uh, man, not, not want to recommend two card games. I'm going to recommend two card games, because they're both just so in tune with who I am as a person, like the things I enjoy doing. The first is I, Dark Overlord, A-Y-E, Dark Overlord, uh, where one person is the aforementioned Dark Overlord, and the rest of the players are the minions. And using the cards in their hand, the minions have to explain why they failed in their quest while making sure the blame is not placed on themselves. Using uh, pass-the-blame cards or stop cards to change someone's story. And the uh, person playing as the overlord can give out withering stares to whoever they believe is to blame. And the dark overlord is in complete control, so if somebody's story isn't adding up and they're losing the plot, withering stare them. If they're babbling and not paying enough uh, due respect to the Overlord, stare them. And once someone gets three withering stares, they lose, everybody else wins, and you start over. The second oh. one is... uh, oh, What was it called? It's not... um. God, no, I can't. Unemployed. Fun employment. No, fun employed. Fun employed. It's called Fun Employed. It's kind of like Cards Against Humanity, except instead of playing one card, you play four cards. And they're like descriptor cards, like Jetpack, Brick, uh, 50 Cats, Tattoos. And you're applying for job cards. So, like... I'd make the t best taxi driver because I carry a scalpel on me at all times to do uh, surgery on my passengers. <laughs> but I'd make a good taxi cab serial killer. Because yeah. <laughs> and so it's that, like, the cards are all nuts. It's, sure, you can kind of, like, get close on some of them. Like, oh, spy, well, I have a jetpack and a cover identity and... I got this brick. Now, that's my cover identity. My cover identity is, um, I think I go by brick when I'm trying to be, like, keep a low profile. Are they all nouns? Uh, not all nouns. Uh, yeah. one of them is, 
Oh, I'm trying to remember. There is a trisexual as a possible descriptor. T-R-I. Mm. Um, definitely not. It, it's rated like 16 plus, so just be aware of that. But it's a really fun game, and you can really like make characters for it instead of just being like, I mean, yeah, you could get away with playing like I have a bow and a pistol and armor, but you can be like, oh, listen, name's Jones, and I've been fighting in wars all over the world, so like you you can make up characters in on the spot using just these four cards. Mm. Sounds fun. Oh, very much so. It's very uh creatively taxing, but that uh, can be fun. It can be it can be a little creatively taxing if you're really pushing too hard on it, but it's always one of those if you ever need to, you can just step back and just pull uh cards against humanity on it where it's just like, yeah, here are my cards. Oh, that's fair. The uh the Dark Overlord one sounds sounds very creative though. It is, and it has lots of it's filled with like fantasy trope uh places, names, people sort of thing. And part of that one is, as you tell the story, you keep adding on the story. So you best hope you can remember who started with what and say, it's not my fault that we failed at the Sphinx. It's that person's fault because they took the dirigible from the lonely village all the way up to the peak of the mountain. And if it, if we just stayed at the mountain, we would have been able to go to... The Cave of Wonders, like you wanted us to. Oh, man. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> it's uh, Matt's fault, because he was born first. Uh, we'll have to... Oh, maybe... I wonder, Matt, do you play on Tabletop Simulator? For... For your Wednesday night uh, game stream. Uh, no, uh, a lot of... Uh, Cluedo and Monopoly and Uno, they all have virtual editions um, available on Steam. And they were on sale during the summer sale. So, okay. we just do those. I, I would I would recommend possibly trying if tabletop sim- if you have Tabletop Simulator and enough people with Tabletop Simulator seeing if you can get Overlord or Fun Employed trying them out. Because they're very good for group play. And very entertaining. Is it a is it workshop content or is it like a DLC you have to pay for? Probably workshop content. I don't know for sure though. I haven't looked into it. Okay, I could oh. see Fun Employed being paid for. A lot of the tabletop stuff is workshop, um, because uh, like I said, they they probably wouldn't um, pay to have DLC made. They would probably just pay to have their own game made. That's a good point. Yeah, there's just a handful of weird expansion packs for TTS. Yeah, well, I could definitely see at least with the two I recommended. They are smaller. I don't even know if um, Dark Overlord's in print anymore. So I could could see that one being possibly not big enough to have their own digital version. But cool. Our next segment is, which we kind of... Did a little bit of with the board games, but our next segment is Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media, and I guess board games would, or card games would technically count as media, but if you have another type of media you want to recommend, you can do that as well. 
do you guys have something you would want to start with, or I can go to give you time to think? Um, uh, I can start. Okay. Um, so I finished Cowboy Bebop last night. Oh yeah. Every time watching it, I kind of want a corgi named Ein now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. Um, oh. I'm surprised it took me that long to watch it, but great show. Oh, especially with uh, myself, Calvin, Luke, James. Yeah, Calvin had like a, a tapestry, <laughs> a cowboy bebop tapestry hanging up in his apartment, I think. Yeah, it's such a good show. Yeah, very, very good show about like interpersonal relationships, about near future tech, about um, jazz. Yeah. Jazz. The music is phenomenal. Oh, so good. Yeah, great show. I watched it on Hulu. Nice. Matt, do you have something you would like to recommend? Um, well, it's uh, it's hard for me to like recommend stuff because all I've been consuming is uh, either video games and or um, Twitch. So, oh, here's where I shamelessly plug myself. Uh, I recommend twitch.tv slash Maddie underscore misplace. I heard he's pretty cool. Give some good good recommendations, and he's a great great streamer all around. Ha 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 ha. Okay, now that I did that, I could I gave myself enough time to think of my answer. Need a moment? Chew it over with shameless plugs. Um, let's uh. I think uh, I've been having a lot of fun with uh, roguelites um, or roguelikes. Um, so Gunfire Reborn is kind of the roguelite that I've been playing. It's uh, basically Borderlands, but you play as a cat or a dog, and you just you just shoot them up, man. You just shoot them up. Hmm. I've never been big on rogue. Like I, I'm in a weird spot with roguelikes and roguelites where. It irks me to no end if I can't get far enough to feel I've accomplished anything. But two of my favorite little indie games are FTL Fashion Light, which is a, I think it counts as a roguelike or roguelite uh, spaceship game. And then Convoy, which is the same thing, but with cars. FTL is very good. I think I'll recommend that. I was I was gonna recommend Outer Worlds, but I couldn't remember if I'd recommended that before, so I'll recommend FTL. Is that the Obsidian yeah. uh, RPG that came out within the last year? Yeah, Outer Worlds is the Obsidian RPG that came out. I was playing it again today because I technically haven't finished the story yet. I'm on that's the like, last level. That's uh that's another game I own but I've never touched. <laughs> you should pick it up and play it. It's not okay. long. It's not like Fallout New Vegas or Fallout 3, you need to put 200 hours into it long. It, you could play it in a weekend. So it's only like 12 hours? Uh, yeah, I'd say 12 to 20. 12 to 20, okay. If you really streamline it and don't do any side quests, you could probably get it done in 8. Ooh, speedrun. Yeah. Glitch through the first wall to get to the final boss. I mean, I'm sure there's a way. <laughs> but... Officially, I'm going to recommend FTL, uh, top-down 2D uh, spaceship roguelike, roguelike, if I understand what that term means. I, am I using that right? 
Rogue Light. Or um, like either one. That's kind of a. They're different, but slightly. It's kind of like a, a contentious term. Okay. But it is rogue like. <laughs> yeah, rogue esque, because it has permadeath, it's procedurally generated, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You got your ship that you can customize uh, guns and shielding and improve it as you play through the game. I've never actually completed the game. I've never beaten the final boss. But it's always fun because you can kill 10 to 15 minutes and still feel like you accomplished something if you don't have lots of time. And well, that's... Yeah. I, I know there's also a way to like mod it so you can put in custom ships, which has always intrigued me, but I've never gotten, gotten around to doing. I'd imagine that's workshop content too or something like that. Yeah. Maybe just straight up mods. Because I know people have put, like, the Millennium Falcon into it. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. open the doors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should, recommend, right. we should recommend them, too, though, then. There's this great um, sketch on YouTube by a channel called Door Monster, where they have, um, it's a skit about FTL. And one of the mechanics in the game is you can open the doors of the ship to, like, flush out all the oxygen and, uh, like, kill borders. So, uh, they have a skit where, like, the solution to everything is just to open the doors and you should go check it out. Yeah. That's my plug. <laughs> oh, Door Monster is a really good channel, guys. You should... Once once you're done watching Maddie Misplay's live stream, hop over to YouTube to catch Door Monster and their really good video game sketches. How very dare you plug me when I could have perfectly plugged myself. I feel like it should also be noted that the underscore is very important because I have searched you on Twitch as just searching Maddie and other versions of Maddie misplays come up, but they're not you. They're not the cool one with the cool logo and the cool banner and the cool people in chat. Correct. Our next segment. Right. Yeah. Uh, how to be a better buddy, where we give some humorous advice and some real advice, and just like when you ask your friends for advice, it's not our fault if it's bad advice. That's the word advice a lot. I was, I was gonna say, but <laughs> never both. We either give funny advice or serious advice, and it's never, it's never both. And you'll never know which one we're gonna do for which question. Oh, you can tell. After the fact, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you listen to it, you go, oh, wait, that's when they did it. Is that all a joke? Just a deadpan joke, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So our first question this evening, this session, uh, that needs advice is, should I tell him? With the further details from Yahoo Answers being... Should I tell my crush how I feel even though he's dating someone else? So, my gut reaction on this one is no. If your crush is dating someone else, be it guy or girl or what have you, generally, while it may not be as fun, it's probably just better to not tell them. Yeah, I agree. I would agree as well. Unless... Unless you really like drama. I have, oh. a, 
have another oh. counterpoint, but go ahead. Oh, the, this is the funny answer, huh, RJ? If you <laughs> hey. like drama, couch. If you if you like stirring the pot, just go ahead and if you want to give that pot that, a big old stir. Hit hit that smash button with that with that like, you know? Like, hey, I like you. Date me instead. And if you can Pretty really please. manage it, do it while they're with their significant other. Um, yikes. Um, um, yikes. Um, <laughs> That'll really stir the pot. That, I think you're tipping the pot over at that point. But it'll get a good stir on the way out. <laughs> what was your counterpoint, John? Um, I If it's just a crush, like, you've never had any extenuating relationship with this person, then definitely no. But, like, if they were a childhood sweetheart or something, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you have history, then it's a little more okay. But. Yeah. And I think that's, I feel like that'd be a sliding scale of history, like. Oh, for sure. We held hands when we were six versus, hey, we dated a little bit in high school. Like, she smiled at me in fourth grade. That's once. not history. That's, <laughs> I, I don't think that even counts as a memory. My yeah, uh, probably fabricated. Oh, sorry. My no, uh, go ahead. my chat is uh, having a heyday with this one. Um, yeah. But honestly, I think in all cases, I think it would be a hard no because you don't. Well, A, you don't know how their relationship is, right? You, you only see, like, bits and pieces of their relationship, so you don't know if they're happy or they're not. But the important thing is is they are with that person. And while it sucks to not be with your crush or any sort of person that you have romantic feelings for or, you know, uh, even even if it's, like, you know, anybody that you have history with or have had those feelings for for a while it's just not worth it you know like there's what eight billion people on this planet you're gonna find somebody else who has a lot of the same qualities as that crush that you have but they're gonna be single and available and you know just better for you probably at least for a bit. Yeah. Definitely, in all seriousness, unless you really, truly... I think, going off John's point a little bit, which is what more what I mean, if you have that history of, hey, we dated a bit before, or we... Uh, we were really close before, even if we didn't date, or feelings weren't said you're probably already important to them. It's it, The odds are very high that you're already important to them. So you probably already know whether, like, at least have some idea of, like, hey, maybe they know already. Maybe it's a brand new relationship and it's just smarter to not say anything. Or maybe you just wait and see how the relationship goes because it may go south and you give them some space and you are there for them just to be a good person. And when they are ready, you can say, hey, 
I like you. Would you like to go do catch a movie or six feet apart? Because these are the COVID times. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably just best to not say anything. You'll feel better in the end. They'll feel better in the end. You just go play mousetrap. You roll the dice, move the mice. Nobody gets hurt. How's that for advice? Yeah. 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 It's a hard subject. It is. Love is just stupid. I hate it. It's wrong. But I also love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Love to hate it. (laughs) Love to love it. It's the pain. The pain feels good. Our next, yeah. our next question to give advice on, and this is one I think we all three can relate to, to some degree. Uh, do you look down on adults who live with their parents? The further details on that question are, uh, do you look down on adults who live with their parents? If a woman is 24 and still lives at home, is that too old? Why or why not? It seems like there's a stigma attached to young adults living at home. Was there a date on this question? Because I feel like general perception on this has changed over the last few years. Uh, this is from within the last week. Okay. Y- yikes, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> from the last week? <laughs> He's on top of these questions. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta stay on top of recent trends, man. These are the real questions real people are asking on Yahoo Answers. I'm not gonna okay, go dig through we... the backlog of, like... 30 years ago, hey, I'm 19 and living with my mom and pa. So, um, yeah, I I will raise my hand and say that I am indeed a relatively young man living at home with his parents as I'm going back to school. So, I don't think there's as much of a stigma around it as there used to be. But I do think we should avoid getting too comfortable with it. Particularly when it comes to, like, hey, you're 35, and you still haven't moved out, and you're not paying rent. Uh, I mean, that's not for us to judge, though. Like, that's between them and their parents. Like, I don't give a shit who, like, it's just, you know, easier. You know what I mean? Like, who cares if they're 35 and stuff? I know he was, uh... Like, he lived in the house, he worked all the time, and then when she got too older to, uh, like, she, she, she fell down a lot when she got older, but he was still there, you know? So, I don't, I don't judge anybody for staying with their parents, or living with their parents, or, like, no matter what age they are, because you don't know the situation, and you don't know why they're living there, and, like, yeah, you can say, oh, they're just, you know, lazy whatever but you'd be wrong right like 98 percent of the time you'd be wrong i think that's a good point um i definitely was approaching it from the standpoint of someone who uh this is i I was approaching it from the standpoint of the person is completely capable uh has a job but the parents don't need them to stay there they don't need to be living at home. They could move out if they wanted to, and they're more in a situation where they are mooching, not necessarily one where um, where it's a much more 
easily understandable way of like, hey, my parents are getting older and need assistance, so I'm living with them, or I have mental health issues that prevent me from uh, moving out on my own. I'm struggling with my mental health issues and need that stability. So I, I won't, I won't say I'm entirely cruel and say, oh, everybody above the age of 18 needs to move out, because that's just not realistic or reasonable. But I would argue against complacency, I think. As someone who is that young person living at home, I definitely am guarding myself against uh, getting too relaxed about that idea. I mean, yeah, but you can be against complacency for yourself, but like I said, you, you just don't know the situation for other people. So if you if you feel that way about yourself, then yeah, move, move the hell out of your parents' house. What are you doing? But if you feel that way about other people, like you're kind of an asshole because like I said, you just don't know. Yeah. John, what do you think? Um, I think if that situation arises where somebody would be living at home, there's always a reason. And like, so it's justified by the existence of that reason. Okay. Um, I get what you say for complacency, but like Matt's saying that that's not a one size fits all claim. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of agree with both of you, but more yeah. on Matt's side a little bit. Yeah, and I, I, I should, I do think the majority, the vast majority, like 99%, has that reason. Um, and like, I know people, I, I am one of those people where like, I'm living at home because I'm going back to school and it's the, the only way for me to go back to school is by living at home. Um, I know people who have other reasons like the ones you described, Matt, where they have external reasons, whatever they may be for living with their parents um, so, and I think the stigma really has gone away for the most part. Uh, a lot of it has, particularly with our generation. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah. In, in general, I think it's gone down. Well, I think in general, the, the, the cost of living independently has gone up. So that's why the stigma has gone down because it's just not feasible to move up. Like, yeah, it, it's just all tied together, right? You know, yeah. like uh, you can't afford to move out on your own because you don't have a job because you don't have any skills and you don't have any skills because you don't go to school and you can't go to school because you don't get scholarships or you don't make enough money because you don't have a job to pay for school. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just all connected. And it's all so, yeah, if you live with your parents for you know, for socioeconomic reasons, socioeconomic reasons. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I had to think of the word, um, or any reason at all. Like it's fine. It's a hundred percent fine. And you shouldn't worry about what other people think because likely they're probably assholes if they are judging you for living with your parents. Yeah. I have a hard enough time taking care of myself. I don't need to be worried about what other people are doing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you you made some uh, questionable uh, monetary decisions just since the time that your roommate moved out. Um, I'm involved in a pyramid scheme called Maddie underscore misplays at Twitch TV. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a pyramid scheme. Wait. Matt, does he, is he only allowed to continue to watch if he gets two more people to watch, and then they get two more people to watch? I do need two more subscribers to take the throne. Hmm. So, it's a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's just, you have this level, and then it's you have this triangular. level. It's just triangular. Pyramids are four-dimensional, this is a triangle. True. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. It's, if you're 20, I think to quick cap with that, with the specifics of the question, oh, 24 year old woman living at home, you're good. Don't worry about it too much. Yeah. Maybe it's a little awkward in like the dating world to be like, Hey, yeah, uh, we can go watch a movie at my place if you want in the not COVID times, but my parents are going to be in the living room. But if there's someone who's really that into you, they'll understand to be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Or like, oh, then why don't we go back to my place then? Like, or go to the movie theater. Like, anybody who really cares about you won't care about your living situation. Yeah. I think that's a good summary. Our next question. Now, this is it's a tough one. I found a fly in my house. What should I do? I found a flaw. Charge it rent. Charge it rent. Yep. What do, what would a fly pay for rent? Would they get a whole Bye. bedroom? Can flies uh, carry money? Is this is this a live fly or a dead fly? Oh. It's a and, government drone, actually. Oh shit. Well, all oh, flies are government no. drones. We all know that. Oh good lord. Oh no. Birds aren't right. real. Flies aren't real. Tell the government to pay rent. <laughs> I don't think a dead fly is going to pay rent, so let's assume it's a live fly. Now, can live flies, are they strong enough to carry money? Um, it's all digital, actually. They just put their little feeler up to a transaction pad and funds get wired. Oh, PayPal. Yep. They'll just, they'll open their, they'll, they'll land on a smartphone, log into their account, and wire you the money. Okay, there we go. They'll land on the, like, little thumbprint thing on your phone and just wire you some money. Yep. Okay. So, I guess... That's what to do. <laughs> if, if we charge rent for a fly, what if you just charged rent to all the cumulative little beasties that live in your house? Like, the flies, the spiders, uh, the one centipede you find in the sink that one time... I'd imagine you'd be very wealthy, depending how much you charge them. Now, does pest society have its own form of currency that it would need to convert from? Like, hey, we use little bits of tinfoil with scent marks written on them. Uh, it's gonna the exchange rate's actually really bad to the American dollar, or from the American dollar. Like, you're it only costs us like five fly coins to for your, for your rent even though it costs you like four hundred dollars five fly coins is twenty five thousand dollars yeah 
<laughs> and it's just tinfoil with a little scent sign on it. <laughs> well, that's why flies are so prolific. They, they're everywhere and all over the planet. They run the globe. Because yep. their currency is just so much better than the rest of us. Except the Canadians. The Canadians are on par. The, the central bank is all just a pile of tinfoil with tiny little scribbles on it. No. Is that central <laughs> bank in a dump? No. Okay. It's a very expensive vault somewhere, so nobody robs it. It's in Fort Knox. This is human currency. Like, this is the human compiling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest, I kind of tuned out and started reading my chat. That's I just probably I for the lost. best. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're uh, doing some world building here on the Better Buddies podcast. We so, are uh, constructing... send us your fly currency ideas. Yeah, we're trying to construct a realistic scenario where fly currency, which is little bits of tinfoil with scent signs drawn on them, are equivalent to $25,000 US dollars, but somehow also equal to the Canadian dollar. (laughs) One Canadian dollar equals 25 grand. I, see, and I was picturing the fly version of Fort Knox is in the vents of Fort Knox. Oh, that would be hilarious. So, like, it, it's Animated like in Bugs Life. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, in Bugs Life, they got the circus uh, in the, and like, the trash cans and, the, like, the soda cans and all that stuff, like, are the city and the shops and stuff. So, in Fort Knox air vents, there's Fly Knox. Yep. There we the go. Cinematic universe of the B movie. <laughs> oh no! What the fuck is happening to this podcast? It's <laughs> what happens when you don't contribute. <laughs> we got I, off track, Matt. I don't, Matt. Just what should you do if you find a fly in your house? Maybe. Uh... I think the real answer here is uh, clean your house. Make sure you make sure you clean up all your 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 foodstuffs. You know, make sure you wipe down all your counters. Make sure you uh, you know yeah you know what you know sweep the sweep up the floor. You know, vacuum all the carpet. You know, uh, don't start a assortment of potted plants to grow your various herbs and spices that you use for cooking and then use eggshells to fertilize it because that just encourages fly growth. I mean... I I may or may not have had to deal with that for a few weeks. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, I mean, also, it's a fly. It's going to live for, like, three days, so I would probably just let it chill. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Worst case scenario, it feeds the spider, you know? So, don't worry about it. It moves us all. Let the fly just chill up there. He's not hurting you. And charge it rent. Uh, Yeah, charge it rent. (laughs) Our last question of the evening is what's it mean? Further details. To call a friend a freeloader. Uh, so I what is it? Like yeah, what does it mean to call a friend a freeloader? It sounds like self-explanatory, but I would I think it is important to give this a definition 
Because if you just say, oh, well, it's self-explanatory, okay, is it freeloading if they don't chip in for the pizza one time? Or is it freeloading if they never chip in for anything? Wait, is this... Is this still about the fly, or this is this a different question? New question. Oh, okay. I thought I thought that was all one thing. Like the fly was your friend, and you're calling it a freeloader because you found it. A fly, a freeloader. The fly isn't a freeloader. It pays rent. It lives there. It can pay for the pizza with like a single pit of tinfoil. <laughs> I think you overvalue tinfoil, my guy. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. So, yeah, new question. What does it mean uh, to call a friend a freeloader? I, I mean, I guess it kind of matters how much you mean it. Like, if it's a joke that they didn't pay for pizza, then sure, whatever. But if, like, you're actually calling your friend a freeloader, that's pretty hurtful. Yeah, there's probably other ways to say it other than calling them a freeloader. Like, like you could probably just say, hey... Uh, it just seems like I'm paying for a lot of things and it doesn't seem to be very reciprocated. So, but like freeloader is a very, uh, I don't know. There's, there's connotations to what you say, right? Like calling somebody a freeloader and meaning it is kind of like, Oh yeah, I just pay for everything. That's great. Um, but like, also you could just like not pay for, the things right you could just make the decision not to pay for this the stuff anymore because you don't see any reciprocation right yeah if it's that much of an issue for you like why were you buying things in the first place if you didn't already explicitly state that uh like you wanted to get paid back or like like you need to be very clear in your own um like why are you giving this gift or why are you doing this are you just doing it because you're spotting them like five dollars like for lunch or are you doing it because like they're consistently you're consistently spotting them cash for things or buying pizza or buying taco bell or um you know any other sort of thing or gifting uh 20 one subs to their Twitch channel. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay me back for that one. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> They're called gift subs for a reason. Sir. Yeah, I think you bring. I think you make a really good point, Matt. Um, that if you are just being friends, and it's like, oh no, dude, I got this one, or you're. Like, hey, I'm getting something. Do you want anything? That's different than uh, if they expect you to pay for everything or they expect that, oh, we're going to the movies and then grabbing some ice cream after, well, you're, that they automatically expect you'll pay for them. And if you really need to have that conversation with them, Calling them a freeloader is a pretty rude way to start the conversation. Yeah, I hope there's a few steps before that. Yeah. Not that it's a great place to end up at all, but definitely not a great place to start. 
I think you should, like, stop and assess, too, of, like, hey, is is this something they do to everybody? Of, like, they just don't tell other friends about it? So, like, oh, he's true, you treat, you treat the guy to ice cream on Friday night, and then another friend treats him to dinner on Saturday night, and a third friend is like, oh, we're going on a trip, I'll pay for the gas, but they also drove the car. Like, if you, if he's really that, if if they're really being that much of a problem about it, maybe they're freeloading, but there's just way tons of easier ways to talk about it. Like, hey, uh, make sure you have money for the movies, because if you, if your budget's tight this month, maybe we can go do something else instead. Uh, instead of just, instead of you blaming it on them, you can just restructure it, like Matt was saying, into you don't have, you don't automatically start paying for them because you're just like, you're resigned to it, you know? Yeah. I don't know, I, I, I feel like I can't really have a good opinion on this because I've never been in this situation. Like, I don't mind if I pay for things. I'm. It's more important to me to have that experience with the person rather than to have the the money back. Yeah. So, I get that, and I I'm very much the same way. Of hey, um, I'm running through the Taco Bell drive through. Do you want something? And if a friend is like, oh, I can't, I can't, I don't have any money. My my instant response is, I didn't ask if you had money. I asked if you wanted something. Right. So if you're, if you really, truly think your friend is just mooching off of you, I would recommend just look and see what else is going on. And take it as one aspect of the entire friendship and see, is it just this one little thing about them and really it's not that big a deal? Or... Do they only ever call you when they want to go to the movies? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta take stock. But overall, I don't think it's anything you should really ever call someone. You should have the conversation first. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. To call a friend a freeloader, it means they're spending way too much of other people's money on things they want to do. And... The majority of the time, there are a lot of steps you should be taking in between what's happening and using the word freeloader. Mm-hmm. And Matt, any thoughts? Yeah, before Sorry. we... No, it's okay. It is fair. Before we move on from this segment of the show, Matt, do you have any last thoughts on freeloader? Uh, well, I have a lot more personal experience with this because I have a roommate who doesn't work so i've had to cover quite a few of the bills and we are best friends you know so it's been a little bit of a strain on uh relationship uh because it's it's weird because uh their parents well their mom especially messaged me um like privately expressing concern about the situation and 
how much I was not necessarily enabling the situation, but also like not necessarily not enabling it. So it's been a it's been a rough line for me. Um, but like I said, it's it's that it's that decision where you decide to not do it anymore, right? So uh, I didn't mean to throw my roommate under the bus, but there's just like only so much you yourself can afford to do, especially if it's like like it's one thing if it's you know buying them tea bell or buying them just dinner. But it's a completely different thing when it's, uh, you know, covering the cost of like actual responsibilities. So I don't know. Uh, my, like I said, it's just, it very much comes down to communication and being very clear about um, what your end goal is for, you know, doing things. Like, um, I'm I'm a very giving person, um, just naturally. Like I love um, buying things for people. Um, I love, you know, just feeling like I can make somebody's day better just by, you know, spending five dollars to sub to them, or you know, spending twenty dollars to buy a game for them, or spending ten dollars to buy a burrito or three for them. But there comes a time where it's almost taxing on you because it starts to feel like you're being taken advantage of. But if you're not clear in the get-go or the moment that you start feeling like you're getting taken advantage of, that's when it starts to put a strain on your relationship is because that communication isn't clear and because you're not being totally upfront with just your feelings and how you view not necessarily the freeloading but just the like you don't have to call it freeloading you just call it the sort of non-reciprocation if, if that's what you're looking for if you're looking for reciprocation or if you're looking for appreciation or if you're looking for anything you got to be upfront with with them and you got to be clear and, and that's what a lot of issues or problems just come down to is just a lack of communication. Yeah. I, I that's, that's a really tough situation to be in, Matt. Um, I genuinely hope everything is working itself out. Um, and I hope the best for it. And I'm glad you were able to, I, Maybe glad isn't the right word, but I appreciate that you were able to give some real-world insight into the reality of this would be someone you're friends with. You like this person, and you don't I – mean, you, you like this person. You like spending time with them. You like to be around them. You like helping them and doing things for them, which makes those conversations tougher because you don't want to – you don't want to damage it, that relationship, you know? Right. Uh, and that's why when I talk to my roommate, I don't make it about the money. I make it about, um, like, like why. It, it, and it, I know it's hard to, to go to work, especially in these times when it's like, you know, you're, every time you go to work, you're risking 
either getting sick or getting somebody else sick or just, you know, just weird pandemic things in general. But um, it, like I said, there's, there comes a time when it's like very much personal responsibility and where you have to like find something that you can do either remotely or just and this ties back into living with your parents because um because it like i said the, the the thing about it is if if you can't afford to live on your own then you just shouldn't right because you shouldn't have to like force somebody else to pay for you like and, and that could be said about your parents but like i don't know no I... like i said i just have a little bit of a it all ties together, honestly. Yeah. So, I think to conclude with that entire segment, everything in life ties together. Um, be open and in your communication. Be tactful in your communication. And be aware that flies control everything financially. Uh, everything except that last portion I agree with. Is that what you guys are talking about? Like I said, I totally, yeah. I totally yeah. was not. More I, or less. I don't know. It just sort of like entered my ear and then went out the other and then back through it multiple times. You know what I mean? It was like a fly just buzzing in my ear the entire time I was reading my chat. That's probably for the best. Our last segment is... Uh, shouting into the void, and uh, the options I provided were Tim Allen, LeVar Burton, and Dante Bosco. Uh, for those of you who may not recognize Dante Bosco, he is the voice actor for Prince Zuko in Avatar The Last Airbender, and I know Matt expressed interest in tweeting at him. John, uh, do you agree? I can second that. He's also... Uh, what is it, General Iro in uh, Korra? Oh, really? The... Yes. Yeah, he's Zuko's grandson, and everybody was like, "Why? <laughs> he, his voice does not fit this character." Please, if you're gonna have a cameo, make it better. <laughs> he's also in Star Wars Rebels, and that really caught me off guard. He's like a very minor side character. <laughs> well, he's also I in um the Robin Williams movie Hook. He's the leader of the Lost Boys. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, he's Rufio. Huh. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right, so uh, we tweeting at him then? Yeah, we are. I know Matt had a message he wanted. Yes. Hello. Better Buddies here. <laughs> That's, it. That's Hi. all I want. RJ here. <laughs> <laughs> You mean um, Butter Betty's here? <laughs> Butter Betty's here. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, Better Buddies. Hey, at Dante Bosco, hello. Better Buddies here. Send tweet. That's it. Yeah, that, that was my vote, 100%. Tweet sent. That was, that was really quick and succinct. Well done. Most efficient screaming into the void ever. Yep. I'm just super good at this segment. You are, man. I'm really good. If I if I only do like that part of the podcast, I think I'll be okay. 
just just have you pop in just randomly like oh yeah we should shout at the void at at this guy <laughs> no this guy right here with this funny quip just record like your voice but like in place of the person's name it's just microsoft sam at tim allen with <laughs> this funny clip hello Redacted. let us shout into the void at tim Redacted. allen <laughs> we just have some stock mat voice lines just give me the list of everybody you ever want to tweet at in the Shout of the Voids, and I'll come up. I'll be. I'll. I'll do what Tino does and just make a list of pre-selected tweets and then give them to you. Oh, don't tempt me. Just get him a list of every account on Twitter, and he'll get on it. <laughs> Honestly, sixteen I million. <laughs> I fucking would. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me once again. Thank you to Twitch. Matt, I'm sure your audience is lovely. I don't currently have the feed up pulled up, though, so thank you to them for listening in. Uh, thank you to the band Prelm of Interest for allowing us to use their song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes or Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, basically everywhere. Uh... And make sure you download, listen, like, review, share it. Anything to spread the word. Help us out. If you want to get in contact with us, we have our Facebook page, Better Buddies. Our Twitter account, at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies. If you have a question or want to write us some fan mail or hate mail, uh, we did... That reminds me, Matt, we did get... You did get that, uh, the drawing of you as a waterbender. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And if you want to see it, uh, you can uh, go to... Fuck. Wait, you can go to... Fuck. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Get, give me one second. You can go to... You can uh, go to Augustus underscore Zephyr on Instagram, and you can see the fan art that he made. Also, I'm going to try to get that on a t-shirt. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. So we, the Better Buddies has gotten fan art uh, crossed with Matty Misplays, which I think is pretty appropriate. Uh, so if you want to send in more art, you can send it to Matt, send it to our email, betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Or if you have fan letters, hate letters, or questions you want us to answer and how to be a better buddy. And last but not least... Be a better buddy. Let's get this show on the road. Sorry, I was reading the wrong chat on Facebook, so I gotta pull it out. Sorry. That's all good. (laughs) Uh, I unloaded a moving truck. I get ate a bunch of pasta for dinner, so I'm all pasta powered up. I'm re- rip roaring, ready to go. I had two slices of microwave frozen pizza. I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, I had Taco Bell. I think Matt's He's the most ready. ready. To go.